back to the Game of Thrones Flashcast. I am Jason Snell. I have returned from my assignment, and we are here to talk about Season 8, Episode 3, The Long Night. And joining me are the people who actually were here last week, Brian Hamilton. Hello. Uh, hi, Jason. You got an A-plus on your assignment. Congratulations. Thank you. Put it on I, the fridge. I, I've got a magnet right here. And Monty Ashley. Hello. Jason, how exciting to see your completely unexpected return. <laughs> that's right it was not foretold or anything uh anyway so the long night is this episode and uh a- as it finished my wife commented on how many notes i had taken and i pointed out that you could uh, i could have gone the other way and taken almost no notes because if you're here if, tell me you two tell me if this theory is right if you're somebody who was really excited about the last two episodes because they featured all sorts of character interactions and moments of discussion and dialogue and connection and all those things um and, and almost no action then um i'm not sure you like this episode if you spent the last two episodes going come on when are there going to be big uh, special effects battles? Then uh, this one was for you. Um, well, <laughs> I would have liked to see some special effects battles. Unfortunately, this episode chose not to show any of it to me. And why is that, Monty? Because they can't afford lighting? I don't know, Brian. Why do you think they spent the first 18 minutes of the entire show just panning past people with no expression that you couldn't even make out what they were looking at or where they were standing? Tension? Uh, See, that works at first, but after 18 minutes, um, (laughs) I'll just quote my notes here. The screen is black. Nothing's happening. This isn't suspenseful. It's just stupid. You're wasting my time. 18 minutes. How about yeah. you try eight years? It's been eight years since we've been waiting for this battle, Monty. Yeah, and they've really, really, really dropped the ball. Hmm, interesting. Uh, to such a degree that it really changes the way I look at the entire series. Because they have been building up to this battle. And then... I can only describe my experience. It was awful. (laughs) So I will. um, This is going to be interesting. Um, Monty and I are on the West Coast and we watched this at uh, at 6 p.m. I go ahead. I I was just going to say we had to. This episode was so dark that I had to dramatically adjust my TV settings in order to see anything at all. And put like a towel over a door with a window in it (laughs) in order to see anything at all because it was uh, very, very dark. And I thought it was uh, funny because I was listening to a podcast earlier today, the Flophouse podcast, where they commented on the special effects of the movie that they were watching, which I believe was the Tom Cruise The Mummy, and said, well... It's the reason it's so dark is to hide the bad special effects. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that a little bit. Not that there were, I mean, I think a lot of the effects in this were, were fine, but it, I, it was also like, I think a money saving maneuver perhaps of a sort, because it was a very dark, hard to see chaotic episode. There Wh- was a dragon on dragon air fight that rivaled Transformers movies in its incoherence mm-hmm. and reluctance to show me who was fighting, and who was winning. I'll agree about the airborne dragon battle, but my favorite part of the entire episode was when all the torches went out, and it was completely black, and it was just a few torches, and it was probably a relatively cheap special effect compared to three dragons. I I agree. I I loved it. I can't even tell you when that was, because... The whole episode was black. So for me- oh, I think I figured it out, Monty. Your TV wasn't on. You should have turned your TV on. Oh, no. Well, Brian, I have plenty of uh, corroborating evidence from other people on Twitter oh, who had Twitter. to do things like. I have a friend yeah. who had to turn on motion smoothing to see if that would help. It didn't, and he turned it off it right away. It did not. No, I, I ended up watching <laughs> it where know. everything was kind of gray on my beautiful HDR TV because the blacker blacker blacks did not help. I did agree. Like, I do agree with Brian. I thought that that was a good moment where the ge- geography was comprehensible. So here, here, I mean, my larger point about 
um, for the, the people who want the talking and the people who want the fighting. And I think there are a lot of people who want the talking and the fighting and they want the characters all, you know, interactions and the action to kind of like be this kind of back and forth where the action informs the characters and the characters inform the action. The problem with the way they structured this is that you get two episodes of one thing and then one whole episode of another. And I'm recalled our friend Erica Ensign talks a lot about how she finds action scenes and fight scenes in movies and TV shows boring. And I had to laugh because I did watch the little end piece after the after the credits rolled with the producers where they said they thought it was very important to alter the uh, to vary up the action from place to place otherwise it would get too monotonous and i thought guys you didn't do a good enough job because as impressive a technical achievement is to have basically a battle scene go on for 90 minutes what uh, mm, go ahead i i don't think i i i liked a lot of the individual things in this but i feel like this is why you don't have a movie that's literally just a fight scene, because if that's all there is, it does get monotonous. And although there are moments where I think we get those, we get the characters, there are also large moments where I think I'm agreeing with you, Monty, the, there isn't a lot of sense of place. Uh, there isn't a lot of necessarily logic. Like there's several times where characters are completely surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of monsters. And then we cut back later and there are like some monsters around them. And I think, that doesn't make any sense. Like, are they are they murderous creatures or are they really easy to kill? Uh, and and so that was that was definitely a frustration of mine. Was was uh, bad geography, which in action movies is the kiss of death when you don't know where people are or what's going on or what what the logic is about it. And and there was a lot of that in here. I mean, I I, I will admit, I think this would have been. In fact, I'll go so far as to say, I think this would have been better as a forty five minute episode. Absolutely, I remember it would have. episode. Season two, episode nine, The Blackwater, when... Great episode. I was so hyped up after the penultimate episode of season one when, <laughs> you know, and season two, episode nine was such a letdown compared to that that I was really disappointed. And yeah, it's an important episode in Blackwater. Like, it was a well-done episode, but I was so bored compared to what I was expecting before. This, huh. I believe, is totally different in that... The, there was so much hype around deaths in this episode, and I was expecting most of the main characters to die. We'll get to that later. But yes. the fact they, that... I'll just say for now, they didn't. Anyway, yeah, a yeah, couple of the, PCs the thing is, died. A, yeah. Yes, a, a couple of people died. But there was so much hype around death in this episode that following the characters around for minutes at a time, I was just waiting for someone to die the entire time. And I think that was the tension in the episode for me that kept me interested. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't look at my watch. I didn't look at anything to like try to figure out how much time has passed because I was so hooked. And that was probably the HBO hype machine to get us really excited for so much death in this episode. Who's going to die? This person's definitely going to die. No one died. But like, I feel like there was a lot more to this episode than just pretty fight scenes because because of the literal eight years of there, stuff going on before this there episode. Ha- there would have to be, because there wasn't pretty fight scenes. There was a ten-minute scene where unnamed zombies attacked unnamed Dothraki and then unnamed Unsullied, and you couldn't see anything, mm-hmm. and the only word you had... The only reason you believe there's a fight scene is because there were sound effects. It was like watching a radio play. It was, was- pitch black! It was the middle of the night! It was <laughs> a very right. long That's night, right. I'll tell do you. you. Know, do you know why it was pitch black? <laughs> Like, dramatically, why it was pitch black? Because it was dark they couldn't see. N- no. Why they decided to set this scene at night. And yes, I don't they mean- wanted to save money, yes. Because because they didn't want to show us anything. Right. Yeah. It's not that's not saving money. Like there's this scene where Arya is trapped in a, a few hallways where she's being hunted by some number of zombies and oh she's in trouble. That should have been amazing. It wasn't because I couldn't see anything. So God Monty, So Monty. you're your setup, I, I mean, maybe because I adjusted the brightness and put a towel over the door, I saw more than that. I, I liked that stuff a lot better, actually, because the scale was a lot smaller. And I thought uh, maybe this says yeah. something that I preferred that. Now, I don't particularly like horror movies, but I pr- much preferred the tension of a single person being stalked by a countable number of zombies in a place that has a little extra emotional resonance because it's where she grew up so she knows the ins and outs of it i found that far more interesting than the stuff on the outside just because the scale was understandable and there was some understandable geography but i did crank up the brightness in order to be able to see it i'd much rather see Arya in trouble than 
the Unsullied are in trouble. We only know one Unsullied's yes. name, and Grey Worm isn't even a name. So, But <laughs> at, at the end of that, there's a moment where Beric is being killed, and Arya's trying to save him, and Sandor drags her away. And then in the next scene, they're with Beric, and I don't know how that happened. Did she get away from Sandor and drag Beric with them? Because if that happened, on the television show I was watching carefully, <laughs> I didn't see it. And that's a huge problem. Yeah. There's a lot accident. of people who seem to die and then seem to survive and move along to the next scene. And that de- definitely ha- happens with Beric Dondarrion. Um, I, again, I... I I mean, I can step through this a little bit just to point out <laughs> things that that I I liked about it because, but yeah, I do yeah, feel like I feel like this ahead. this episode was like an like a um like an alphabet soup where the soup isn't very good, but you really love those little alphabet pastas. So floating mm. in this in this sea, sure, of, we all identify with that of clang clang. Who doesn't like alphabet soup? I don't know. Pick pick anything where there's like a thing that's whatever, and then but it's a delivery mechanism for the little bits of stuff that are good. It's the marshmallows in your Lucky Charms. I don't know. Pick pick a metaphor. Um, <laughs> no, I like the alphabet soup one. I'm, all right, I'm okay, you. Well, alphabet soup. That's right. So uh, the things that the things that I uh, I do like, I like the. Um, I like the there's the surprise appearance of Melisandre at the uh, at the beginning walking in, uh, the, uh, which is a a good I think through line in this episode, which is like this is basically what she's been here to do, and she uh, gives them false hope with lighting the Dothraki swords on fire because that does nothing and they all die. <laughs> that was cool looking. I feel like she should have warned them that was about to happen because what if everybody didn't get the word about waving their sword around? But and then she walked yeah. over to the unsullied spears and I'm like, don't do that to theirs. It's no. all wood. Please don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't don't do that. But that, I like that because then later um, she gets the the stink eye from the Onion Knight and she says, "This is my last night on Earth. I'm yeah. here to do this. This is why I'm here." And then she uh, we have that scene uh where she's with Arya and the hound and it's right after Beric Dondarrion has died and she says what I had already written down in my notes which is um is this why he kept getting brought back is this moment the moment where she saves Arya and the hound and it turns out based on what happens in the rest of the episode is like yes Arya being saved so that she can kill the Night King is basically what the Lord of Light is up to here if we are to believe (laughs) Melisandre and when it's done she takes off her little magic necklace and uh, walks off into the snow to decay and become a skeleton so. Brian, how how did you feel about the emotional impact of the final death of the episode? Uh, Melisandre, I yeah. Like, so my biggest problem with this episode was that I knew who she was, but we haven't seen her in yeah. so long that I forgot all of the emotional resonance of her presence. Well, like, I remember she, the Onion Knight death daughter. Yeah, thing. that's. The, I, I remember, was gonna say that's yeah. the highlight is when we saw the Onion Knight like a week or two ago uh, with the with like the kids in Winterfell, and we're like, oh boy, <laughs> like yeah. remember remember the kid that he really liked who taught him how to read. Who, what happened to her? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, that was a weird choice because like she, Melisandre was an important character a while ago, but I mean, until she showed back up, I assumed she had left the show, so I didn't care a lot so, about her I've, death I've that felt, she chose to do anyway. I felt no empathy for her. I yes. it was more that I thought it was fascinating that that she was she had apparently and I think this follows viewed herself as nothing more than a tool for her god's work that needed to be done and she gets to this point and she's like did it and then she gets to die like and we had seen before that she was kind of artificially being kept alive and young by this necklace and so it's like this is the end of her um her I don't know, almost captivity. Uh, she's left. She, she has to stay until this job is done. And now the job is done and she can go on too. And I, I, uh, I thought that was interesting also that she's like, don't worry. I know you want to kill me on your night. <laughs> I'm very bad, but yeah. I'll be, I'll be done soon. And then yeah. this will all be over. It's, it's like her arc is interesting on paper, but man, just as an audience member, I was not invested in her at all at this point. So it felt yeah. weird that she was the capstone to the episode. I think she's like, just a prophecy. Is I mean, that's how I read see, it. 
even Melisandre has died. Yeah, pretty serious now, huh, kids? I, I didn't. I didn't read it that way at all. I read it that way as just like this is the through line of Red God weird stuff going on with that, all to lead to a point where they can defeat the Night King. And once that job is done, she's done, and she she turns into a a skeleton. And that's it. That's all. I mean, that's I didn't read any emotional resonance into it. It was more like the fulfillment of a prophecy and that she gets to be done now. That's well, I will say she was right. The night was dark and full of terrors. It's that's that's accurate. Accurate. Um, let's see. Uh, if, if I'm going to step forward chronologically. If you want to throw out th- little pieces of alphabet soup yourself. Uh, <laughs> a Ray Harryhausen skeleton. I, I love li- those things. I liked the... <coughs> I like the scene where so the so the dragons come out before they're supposed to. And what I really liked was the scene where they're trying to uh they see the white walkers the the like the others the 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 night king's court or whatever they are uh, up on the hillside and they're like aha we can get those guys and um there's the they have their like snowy wind powers that make that kind of like cover the battlefield and i thought that was cool (laughs) in in that they're like ha i've got a dragon we're awesome and and the uh the night king's people are like "Mm, yeah we have all the snow and the wind you lose because you're flying a thing and i i i enjoyed that i enjoyed a lot of the, to see us a lot of the frustrations of daenerys honestly a lot of the frustrations of daenerys and john in this episode where the dragons that they think are going to win the day for them do not win the day for them i enjoyed um i agree with monty that a lot of the dragon fighting was uh kind of nonsensical geographically i liked some of the fact that the dragons um get to scrap in close-up and they're like tearing pieces out of each other i thought it was like oh you know this is what dragon fighting is like but i thought the most dramatic stuff with the dragons was when they were on the ground because there they're kind of threatened and the geography is clear and i really liked the shot of um the dragon taking taking wing and shaking off all of the zombies on its back Mm -hmm. and then them landing on the ground and then getting back up because they're not dead they're zombies i thought that part was the best of the dragons this time this had me playing a game of uh, oh god what's the what's the card game where you like face off against a like ninja dragon and a megazord godzilla card game something um it that scene made me think oh god wait who's gonna win in this uh, with uh, a bunch of uh white walkers on a dragon or is the dragon strong enough or is it gonna be able yeah. to fly away what's gonna happen like that whole scene bunch of white walkers hijack the dragons <laughs> yeah yeah would you rather fight uh 20 white walker sized dragons or one dragon sized white walker it's great great, i liked um her trying dragon fire on the night king Um, obviously it wasn't going to work because dramatically wouldn't be satisfying but you have to try and he got that cool terminator shot where he's standing in all the fire yep um i'm not saying this to be mean to the show (laughs) did daenerys's dragons both survive I don't know. It's clear I, that how can you not out. know, yeah, Brian? How can you like an episode that doesn't tell you if a dragon is still so alive? So it's clear that one of them did survive. Right. One certainly the survived. Other the one, one the John one, was on? Mm, yeah, but... Just flew away? It's unclear. Yeah, it's unclear. Yeah, sure is. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yep. Oh, man, if only there was enough reason for you to tune in next week. Hmm, I so, wonder. Um. Arya, I spent 90 minutes watching this episode. I shouldn't have to come back and find out <laughs> if the dragon is alive. Like, Do you want them to drop it all Netflix style? Do you want all the episodes now? Um, Brian, right now, I would not watch them if they dropped right oh now. Oh, my God. It was a boring, boring 90 minutes. A waste of my time. Moving and on. I'm, all right. <laughs> Next uh, thing. Let's go. Arya and Sansa. I want to get to the crypt. Sticking them with the pointy end is the instruction she gives. And Sansa <laughs> goes down in the crypt. Again, it's a nice... It's an, I've never used a weapon. She's like, just stick them with the pointy end. It's the advice that she got. And Sansa goes down in the crypt. And then we get for the crypt stuff in this episode. We'll take that now. Um, the crypt stuff, it is, you know, they're, they're down there. And Tyrion is frustrated that he can't see anything. But basically, like, no, you need to stay down here. Now, everybody who watched last week and the entire internet in the intervening week has said let's go down in the crypts when you'll be safe is not the best strategy when you've got somebody coming who can raise the dead i said that on this episode yes indeed and you know it is absolutely the case everybody was thinking it and of course everybody sorry everybody was thinking it except those people who are characters in the show who apparently (laughs) never gave it a moment's thought not even to like provide some arms or some guards in the crypt to protect the people 
in case something bad happened. <laughs> Nobody thought of it. And so it was a complete surprise, I uh, guess, to everybody on the show, but not off the show. Uh, when the, they, the uh, entire, like, Stark family tree broke out of their crypts as zombies to try and kill uh, everybody who is down there. And that, Wouldn't it have been fun to get Sean Bean back for just one shot? If they hadn't There's cut no off way. his head, I had that same thought, I, which is I, that would have been such a great thing. Attack- I don't need him attacking anybody. We could just have the head. I think it would be hilarious. Yep. Uh, I liked most of the crypt stuff because, you know, we're trapped in the crypt. There's just screaming. Mm-hmm. There, the inability to see anything makes sense. Um, there was a scene where Sansa and Tyrion shared a look. Yep. You know the scene I mean? Yep. Yes. What did that look mean? I, I think, okay, so it's preceded by the scene where she tells him that he was the best <laughs> yeah. of all of... A point all, someone made on this show, I think, right? Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he and, was a better husband than Joffrey or Ramsay. And his, and, his, <laughs> and his response is like, oh boy, <laughs> like, that's, yeah. not, that's not good. That's not good. Um, I, you know, I read that as being a kind of a mutual respect and he's already said like, you know, we would have been a a bad pair, but you actually kind of, I, I kind of read that as being like, you know, maybe they both misjudged one another and that there's more now that they're a little bit wiser, they realize there's more to both of them than they did at the time. I'm not sure it's a moment where they're like, say, maybe we should have gotten married after all. But it is a moment at at the very least of sort of like, um, I you you didn't seem as bad as those other bad men. And now it's like, oh, actually, (laughs) I appreciate you. You are actually pretty good. And uh, I underestimated you. It's also like an Arya light moment where they both kind of look at each other in the middle of the apocalypse and say, you know, maybe we should have stuck together. And you think about that kind of thing. They don't, you know, do it, but they have this moment of what could have been, you know, and I really enjoyed that. It was a nice little moment and it made that one look they had later a lot more intense. And the other thing about Monty's complaints about the fact that the episode was boring and uh, didn't ramp up enough in the beginning, I feel like they couldn't have gone to the lengths they do later in the episode for, like, heightened action, and then cut to the crypts to have a scene. I feel like the tension and the pacing was just right to have it make sense for them to leave the battlefield and come down into the crypts. I think no, I, like, I like the crypt mm-hmm. stuff. My, my main complaint about the pacing is the first 18 minutes of this episode in which nothing happened. That's what I mean. They couldn't have had things no, no, happen like later in the episode. And you couldn't have anything crypts. happen. You couldn't have people talk. You couldn't have people have an expression as they're looking out into the blackness. You couldn't have a few fewer shots of total blackness. I think my second <laughs> note is if it was just an hour and a half of these beautiful establishing shots, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I think is my second. I note. think they're ramping up. They're they're trying to ramp up the tension. Obviously, for you, you were more just frustrated that you couldn't see anything, and I I get that. Um, I think. I'm going to say something slightly different, which is that I think this is a structural problem with the fact that they decided to make two episodes where largely there's no action and there's lots of good character stuff. And then an episode where they push as much of that out as they can, um, because I agree. I think the Crypt stuff was really good in that it is a break from the relentless action and you get actual tension. I did like the stuff with Arya being chased because that was also a break from the spectacle fight kind of stuff. I think what what I found lacking in the rest of it, if if I had to pick something out, is I know they talked about the plan a bit last time, although I think the plan is a little unclear. It's sort of like, well, we'll put Bran over here and the Night King will come and then maybe (laughs) maybe somebody will kill him, but probably not. And that'll be the end. Uh, It's not not a great plan. What I really wanted to see in this episode that I that that I didn't get that I would say, you know, everybody's going to compare it to this like the Battle of Helm's Deep in Lord of the Rings movies is there's clear geography and there are people who are like making strategic decisions about what needs to happen. And, you know, we do have people falling back, but what I didn't feel like is that uh, the characters here had a plan that they were 
watching and that they were trying to say, let's do this. And what are we going to do now? And why don't we try this? Instead, it was like, well, a bunch of zombies are going to come and we're going to fight them. And then Bran, uh, question mark. Uh, well, they have the trench. Don't forget the yeah, trench. Yeah, they light the trench on fire, which works briefly until the Night King is like, you can just go over it. Like, they, so the zombies are dumb. <laughs> they, they, they don't know. But then the Night King's like, yeah. mm, just go over it. It's fine. And See, I, I liked that moment. That made sense so that's like, what i that's what i thought was missing is there was th- there was a lot of the shouting and the fighting but not any kind of like strategic guidance that would have helped me be like oh this fight is happening because they need to get to here or because they're trying instead it was just kind of like a big a big mess so that's what i found myself yearning for was a little bit more of like the generals basically uh ordering people around and all of that because that would have also given some more meaning to the fighting but um but i did like the the crypt stuff because it was more of those character moments that we didn't get everywhere else also the other reason um to answer your question monty about what those looks are between Tyrion and sansa at the end the other part of it is she's just taken out her dragon glass uh dagger that uh that Arya gave her and there's i think a moment of like well are we going to stop hiding as uh, other people oh, get okay, eaten? Okay. Perhaps it's in unto the breach and maybe we'll die, but I guess we need to fight because who else is going to do it? I think maybe yeah. that's part of it too. I well, saw last pull- week. Oh. Good. I saw her pull the dagger out and I saw them look at each other, but I, if there was any expression on their faces, I couldn't make it out. Yeah, I think I think so. It, I wasn't sure what that scene was, but I, I'm, I could I, tell it was a scene. Yeah, I'm unsure what we're meant to think of it. Although the the and then I'll let you go, Brian. But I did want to say the funny thing that I thought I wished Tyrion said is, well, they're your relatives. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, in the scene where they're all you know generaling it up, looking at the table with the risk game on it, trying to figure yep, out what yeah. to do. They were so despondent and so depressed, and they didn't know what to do. The scene basically ended with, well, you know, if we're all going to die, we'll all die together. We'll all die trying. And I think the reason there isn't as much strategy or, like, shouting and thinking in this episode is because they have no idea what the hell to do to an army of undead. And I loved that. You're right. There's... There's no characters on the field that we were following the first few minutes. It was all Unsullied and Dothraki. But there was so many overhead shots of Daenerys, Jon, Sansa, Arya looking out on the field like the generals they have to be now to try to figure out what's going on. And yeah, it was dark. You couldn't see anything. Whatever. But they weren't but having loved... any reactions. I know. I they know. were okay, just listen. looking. I'm looking. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But I love Normally. that they are all so hopeless. And I love that they are all so, like, they don't know what to do, so they're just trying anything, throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks. And there, there's a line in the crypts where um, someone says, without the Dragon Queen, there'd be no problem at all. We'd all already be dead. And I love that idea, that the, the tension here is that they're all going to die anyway, but they are trying. There is enough hope in them to go out and fight. And I don't know why Marvel's on on my mind this weekend, <laughs> but the, I'm also super bored by long fight scenes and marvel has gotten better and better about making the fight scenes you know worth something and feel a little bit more and have better pacing whatever i feel like discussion different discussion i feel like this episode has the same like refinedness about it in terms of the tension of whether or not they're going to die whether or not they're going to succeed because the reason we're watching this show at all is because there is a slim chance of survival against the goddamn apocalypse. It wouldn't be interesting if there was no chance of survival, and it wouldn't be interesting if there was a definite chance of survival. And that's why I like this episode. I loved that we didn't know what was going to happen, and we'll talk about this in the end, but I don't know what's going to happen in the next three episodes either. My I don't know what happened in this, this whole time. My, my mind was racing the whole time thinking about what's going to happen and what the implications of what hap- are happening right now are going to be. That's why I like this episode. Uh, Jason, going back like five points. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, we talked. We we drifted. There's, a, there's um, a lot here, and I, I didn't break it up I, by by location because right, it's right, all right, in right. one location. <laughs> Something you said um, that it would have been nice to see the generals kind of generaling during the episode. What I would have liked to make that happen because uh, pretty early on, Bran just his eyes went white and he hopped into ravens I'll get and he to didn't that, yeah. do anything for a long time <laughs> mm-hmm. like he's out watching his stories or something <laughs> yep he could have been like the reconnaissance person like right? occasionally come back to himself and tell theon "Ooh, you know the unsullied have been destroyed 
or something just to give us like an overall view. Right. But that does, that he doesn't do any of that. I was going to say, I think no, Brian he just, he, is right in his interpretation of it, which is, I think the producers also intended this to be, we don't know what to do. We're just going to put all of our soldiers out there and fight and see if we can somehow win. And we'll try to protect Bran because we, and maybe there's a chance to get the Night King there, but we really don't know. I, I think that was actually what they were trying to intend is that they don't have much of a plan. The problem I have with that is that um, it's kind of, boring then because they're just let's just fight for a while and we'll fly our dragons around and i i just i i think i think it was intentional but i think it was maybe a mistake and i agree with you about bran i was going to mention this it's like bran says i'm going to go now and his eyes get all cloudy and he goes into the ravens and they fly around and they see the night king on the dragon and all that and bran is basically off somewhere for most of the episode and i kept waiting for that to pay off and it never did because he just comes back at the end and says, uh, Theon, you're a good man. Now go die. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, heroically, of course. But but it's like, well, what was he doing? Now, maybe what he was doing is something that will come out in the next three episodes. But oh, I'm sure it was, you know, but but and they're setting that away. But it seemed like, you know what are you doing? Like, he's just sitting there for the, this whole thing is going on and he has all these powers and he's just sitting there like a lump. I was screaming. What is he doing the whole time? Watching his stories. I think Monty has the answer. There's a soap. There's a, some sort of a play happening in Dorne. Which we've forgotten about completely, and uh, oh, he yeah, likes the that play. Sand snakes. Yeah. Maybe the sand snakes will have a dramatic death to, to close out the next episode. I thought they died we'll go, already. Oh yeah, maybe they did. I don't Who know. Who even knows? Um, I did think it was odd. Now we saw the Night King get knocked off his dragon and fall a long way, and he was fine. Yep. So he could have gone straight to the Godswood, hopped off his dragon, and plummeted to Earth right next to Bran. Right? Maybe. Like if, if he'd wanted to. Because there's no roof on that place. Right. Maybe. So, I, I, I don't know whether there was a plan there to kind of like get the soldiers out of the way first and, and kind of clear it out and, and, and move all that. But I did, I did wonder about that. I like the thing where he gets knocked off because it shows you we don't know a lot about the Night King because he doesn't say anything and he just kind of smiles and is menacing. And so yeah. when he's flying a dragon or when he's you know falling and getting up or, or surviving a fireball, I think that's more interesting. I, I, this might be a, a good time to mention another issue that I have with... Oh. This is the, so it's like the walking dead in that there are zombies, <laughs> but the, pro- sure. but okay. there are like chief zombie generals who are the guys with the glowy eyes and they are uh, one of my least favorite um, sort of tropes in uh, big action set pieces, which is if you kill the general, everybody else just falls down dead. But they've set that up for a long time, so it's been very clear that the only way that you can really beat the army of the dead is by killing the Night King. That was set up. I think that's fair. But the problem is, like, zombies aren't interesting because they're just zombies. And although the Night King is a cool design, and every appearance he's made, he's been super creepy and weird, and I've liked that about him, he is also an a blank, right? He's yeah, a, you can't he's a blank. use too much of him because eventually you go, well, he's really just standing there. Yeah, he's a blank. And and so in this moment of this ultimate climax of the battle between the forces of l- the living and the dead, the I think the problem with it, and it's been pretty good up to this point, is that in the end, they don't have more cards to play, really. The Night King is just a blue guy who <laughs> has a dead dragon that he's flying, and he's got his ice sword, and he doesn't talk, and he's going to kill everybody. And there's no other shoe to drop. You know, they, there's no, ah, uh, three-eyed raven, we meet at last. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> two sides of the same coin. I have no, two Mr. eyes. No, Mr. Brown, I expect three. you to die. <laughs> I was born in the godfoot myself. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's silly. I, I get it. But at the same time, like, without some sort of you know, thought about the context of this and what he really wants to do and how he wants to do it. Because he's this spooky, silent character, he's also kind of just an empty space. And I really, I, I have worried about that all the way through. And in this episode where it reaches its climax, I felt like this is the problem with having your creepy guy who doesn't say anything, is that there's nowhere to go. He he. There's nothing to do. Literally, he he stands there and looks menacing and then he dies. And that's it. 
the Night King is a MacGuffin. The real air, the real enemy is the entire horde of zombies, which one of my favorite things about the episode is that you never see the whole army. They only pull back enough for you to be overwhelmed by how many there are compared to everyone else. And I agree that the Night King is kind of a, like, he, there's not much to him. Uh, he also had this smirk in this episode. That yeah, really he did. Put he me looked off. real smug at one point. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> Um, I did like there, there's actually one little uh, giant uh, battle thing that I appreciated that I wrote down, which is there's a shot where you've got a bunch of um, army forces in a line and uh, you can see them like they're in their little squares and there are a couple rows of them. And on the other side is just chaos. Right. And I thought that mm-hmm. one shot, I liked it because it really was my, like, you know, they're not like you, your methods don't work on them. They just, they are a wave of chaos that will destroy you. And you can line up in your little lines with your little weapons. And so that one shot, I was like, that says a well, lot about, but how- that's why we brought the Dothraki. They are also yeah. a wave of chaos style. And they, they, they died did, first. It didn't work. You gotta have a wave either. of chaos. Didn't yeah. didn't work either. Uh, um, I will say yep. that I I liked the Night King falling off the dragon because it's the only way we could see him injured but not killed. Right. Any other time, like even when he's in all that dragon fire, his clothes aren't even saved. Immaculate, right? Um, okay, Arya. I want to talk about Arya because yeah. I mean she is the solution to the thing here. But I liked the stuff with Arya too. Again, the scale is a lot lower because we're at a personal scale now. She's got her new weapon that that uh, that uh, Gendry made for her that uh, seems to be important, and she is. Um, what, so you, talking about the emotional resonance of of uh, seventy episodes of Game of Thrones leading up to this, um, I think there's nothing better than seeing Arya with everything she's learned since she left Winterfell. She is now a weapon. She wanted. She was a little girl who wanted to pick up a sword. She is now a weapon. One of the greatest fighters on the planet, or plane, or whatever this planet is that they are on. That. Uh, Essos and Westeros are a part of and she is literally in where she grew up in fact her big fight scene where she's whirling around and just killing zombies by the by the uh, dozen is happening in the courtyard where as a little girl she wanted to learn to fight and i really loved the fighting that she does and 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 how she's doing her moves and stuff but i also love what it meant which is that she is now fully formed and if she dies in this episode i'm like she has done everything she dreamed of doing and instead she gets to be the hero so i liked i liked that stuff at the beginning i like i said i enjoyed the stuff where she's trying to move quietly she always was good at like sneaking around right so that part uh, in the library in winterfell and all that i thought i thought that was pretty good um she ends up in the you know with the uh, running down the hallways being chased because she does all that work and then the other door opens and it's a flood of zombies and she has to run i thought that was effective she ends up with uh, the hound of course and with uh with uh, Beric Dondarrion and and we get the kind of like the fate the prophecy sort of thing where it's like he must be there to save her and the hound and then of course she kills the Night King in the end using her awesome ability to swoop in and you know transfer her her knife from one hand to another and do is the, that what happened do the low stab yeah I, because and I'm not exaggerating I couldn't tell I I saw here's what I saw um, Bran sitting there being useless. Yep. Jesus, Bran. Um, Night King kills Theon after yep. Theon ran right at like him. a really long distance to get to him. Yep. Um, the Night King is like, I'm going to kill you, but he does it with like gestures. Yes. And then we see that authentically really cool shot of Arya right behind him over his shoulder screaming. And then he turns and he catches her neck. And then he dies. And I... Would you like the play-by-play, Monty? Yeah, yeah you, I, w- I want to know what happened between him catching her neck and him dying. She lets she she lets so she's got the knife high up, and he catches her by the throat, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, oh no! And in fact, um, Lauren gasps. She's like, oh no! And then and she I gasped too. And she opens her hand, the knife drops, and then you have a shot from below, and her right hand grabs the knife and goes and sticks it in the spot. In the the tender spot in the Night King, um, that sounds pretty cool. And, and I he, think that a co- I competently made show would have made sure I could see that. 
I don't know. I saw well, it. They made Central TV P- would make sure you see I, it. I'm worried. Yeah, I'm worried about your 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 TV, Monty, because I, I saw how that How many clearly. names do you want me to give you of other people who I get couldn't it. see this? I don't, I don't know. Maybe- this is not on my TV. This is on them. Okay. I spot where a central main character kills the big bad that has been built up for eight years. Maybe you should be... A competently made TV show would make that yeah. clear. So it was clear to me, but I think I will agree with you in the sense that if... if uh, it, it should be clear to anybody just walking yeah, through the I room. Think that's, I think that's exactly it, is that is that you need, uh, even for a closely watched show, if you, you, uh, you didn't execute the shot right, if there's a large percentage of people who didn't see it. I will agree I, with I you, but I saw it especially I at go ahead i watched it at 10 p.m so that's probably why i was able to see it just fine all the lights were off the windows were uh were dark i was fine yeah maybe maybe that's part of it but yeah i i i see your point monty i i didn't have a problem seeing it i, I will it's say like that i looked away while the night king has Arya's neck in his hand i was staring yeah, at the screen I, the, uh, the and this gets back to the night king a little bit but you know i have to say that in this moment as much as a wonderful moment as it is for Arya, i did have a is that all there is moment in the sense that Although it's a good surprise because she walked off earlier and and the show tries very hard like they don't show her again because they want it to be a surprise. But I feel like the problem with that is that there isn't any buildup. There isn't any anticipation. You don't have, you know, it's over and done with so quickly and and. It, it, you know, yeah, blink and you miss it. And if you don't blink, you may miss it too. And although I appreciate what they're trying to do, which is make it this shock moment, I feel like after 70 episodes, you probably should make it a little more, a little more dramatic, a little more operatic. It is a big moment. Slow it down. Uh, have the music, have it be a little, you know, set up a little bit better, uh, repeat the, there are lots of ways you could do it to make it like, just feel like a bigger moment. And because he can't, you know, the Night King's not, "Oh, oh, you Oh, we are the same or whatever you know he could say he doesn't say anything because he's not a bond I'm here villain. to warn you you have to look out for uh, yeah but Bran oh, no. was the real enemy all along uh you know none there's of that more happens monsters north of us you're not gonna like right. those guys at all right so so that for me that that's the thing is like this is the resolution of that and while i appreciate the the uh kind of wild decision to say it's going to be a total surprise and it's going to happen in an instant and then the whole thing is over with i felt like uh yeah you should probably take your time with this one this is a big well, moment I did like right after that where they made a point of showing us all the zombies dying because they were like a a lot of times we're not sure is that really it is he going to come back are they really dead no no they've they've convinced me that the zombie threat has been dealt with this was and they've set that up over the course of years where we know that if you kill him he made everybody else that's the end what did you two think of the musical montage leading up to Arya killing the night king where everything gets kind of like muffled and then they and then they yes. play i noticed the music yes. i liked it it was very different for game of thrones but i thought it was uh, an interesting choice to be that different kind of a feel i didn't notice it okay okay sorry well disqualify monty i loved sorry. the fact that uh i'm I, not super attuned to the uh, score of a lot of things mm-hmm. unfortunately that's true. And they did. So they I, made some interesting decisions just um, while the score was different. I think it's a theme that maybe we haven't heard before, although maybe somebody with an encyclopedic knowledge of Game of Thrones will say, well, actually, it's a variation of this other theme. But it was it felt very <laughs> different for me from what they usually do in these sorts of scenes. And everything else for about like three or four minutes was muffled. They they took everything down where, you know, it wasn't it wasn't loud and clear anymore. It was the chaos, but it was kind of like in the background as if it was all just kind of like filtering away that was definitely an interesting sound choice that they made go ahead brian to me aria's to me aria's stabbing victory was the culmination not just of that scene but of the entire what four or five minute montage of music that was done there I thought it worked really well as the climax, not just to, you know, the death of the big bad, but I loved that it happened right at the crescendo of the music or the end of the piece. I thought that made that moment even more like a punch in the gut to me. Okay. I think I found the spot you're talking about. Like I say, I didn't notice the music. Um, My notes say uh, 
Theon charges the Night King with his spear and obviously gets killed when he gets close. Eh, sorry, Theon, but clearly his story was over when Bran basically said, ah, you're a good guy. Yeah. Uh, then I wrote down, John is near the Ice Dragon. Jorah gets stabbed a lot and Danny kills the ones who do it. He stands slowly. Then we see each of those scenes several more times. Yeah. It's, it's like br- they just kind of went Night King, John, Jorah, it- Night King, John, Jorah, Night King, John, Jorah. So well, it's key. because it, I wasn't noticing the music, that felt kind of repetitious yeah, to me. It starts Not a little a earlier lot, than that, but yeah, that's that's okay. that's the, the the thing they're trying to do there. Um, you know who did have a good, well put together uh, death is Dolores Ed. Is uh, well, Dolores Ed. Uh, moment of silence for Dol- <laughs> Dolores Ed, I suppose. But I, I was thinking of Liana Mormont. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I loved which, that. which I, I saw no reservations. I thought that was great because you know people die in the war, and she is a little girl running around in a war. It's probably not going to go well for her. She is up against a zombie giant who t- picks her up and starts to crush her, and she takes a, a dragon glass uh, shiv and pokes him through his one eye. <laughs> like what a way to go that was great and then she comes back to life as a zombie uh briefly so yeah. that was also pretty cool i thought that whole thing was great yeah that was wonderful i loved her i'm glad she got a good send-off um the mormonts don't deserve her the mormonts actually seem like a pretty cool family what with the lord commander and jorah and her yeah M- most families aside from the starks don't have more than maybe one good member yeah, no, she she was uh, she was great, and, and I think um, I, I know people are going to be like, oh, why, oh, they killed a little girl. It's so terrible. It's like, well, look, she wanted to fight. This is that character we've seen since the moment we saw her last what last season, and uh, she gets to go out on this high note. And I'll I'll let people in on another thing, which is it's a TV show. There's only three episodes, and then it's over forever. So if they uh, don't be too sad if they kill somebody off because. <laughs> the most more you'd see them would be three more episodes. So like Jorah is like that. It's like Jorah, we, the whole time has been with Danny. He, he got sent away. He got the grayscale. He got cured. He came back. Always been loyal to her. To have him die protecting her is, a, is the right way for him to go. And again, don't feel too bad because there's only three episodes left. You were you were going to see more Jorah anyway. It's fine. He, he went out on top. Everybody gets murdered once the season finale is over. Yeah, that's right. Again. Basically, essentially, Once well, the, the door, cameras end, the door closes, and then we never see them again. So it's not like if somebody dies in the last episode of a TV show, it's not like oh, that's sad. It's like I don't know, you weren't going to see him anyway. <laughs> it's the end. <laughs> the I don't know about I do. this one, Jason. It'll be much better this way if you think about it that way. Is what I'm saying. So when everybody dies in the in the last episode, you'd be like, yeah, that's fine. They got to the end. That's all that matters. They're just a character. Um, the, no one else died in the episode except for a few of these minor characters. I was expecting a Sansa or a Daenerys yeah. or okay. Brienne here's my here's my list. Uh, tell me if I missed anyone, which is possible. I believe the count is Beric, Ed, Lyanna, Theon, our first main yes. character, the Night King, yes, Jorah, Jorah. The, the Ice Dragon, who I list yeah. separately from all the other zombies, uh, yes, and Melisandre. Yep. Yep, you got it. I think that's all about right. it. I'm sure that there are some other minor characters that we saw die that are like Sam background. got saved yeah. like four times Sam, to remind us that he's not good at fighting. Yeah, a bunch of people got stabbed <laughs> a little bit, but they seemed to be okay, so they probably survived because they didn't. It's we just didn't, a flesh wound. We didn't see them horribly die. Uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Um, I. Uh, another scene that I really liked is there's that moment where the Night King who's been knocked off and John goes down and John is like, well, you know, the fireball didn't kill him, but I can go get him. And John starts following him and he's like trying to catch up to him. And it's this moment of like, John's going to be the hero. John's going to do it. And I thought it was very effective when the Night King turned around and said, oh, hey, um, I'll raise all the dead now and uh, goodbye because <laughs> that was again an effective use of the of that power it leads to the, the dead rising in the crypts as well um, but I thought that was a good moment Th- this show uh, they know that you want John to be the hero because they've set him up that way and yet he is frustrated at every turn he ends up pinned down behind a rock <laughs> with the uh, the ice dragon shooting blue fire at him and uh, and it's his sister who uh, who kills the Night King in the end. And uh, I, I, I appreciated that that was a frustration of the, like where the story sort of wants to go. Um, but I liked, I really did like the moment where John is preparing to have his battle with the Night King and the Night King just raises the dead and then leaves. I thought that was an effective scene. 
I liked but, that, but the downside of that is that every single main character in this got an immunity idol from the writers to survive throughout this massive battle. And that bothered me a little bit because mm-hmm. like there there were scenes where people were overwhelmed, especially yeah. that scene with John. Yes. And yeah. cut back and then Shouldn't there's there that's that's what I said. There are a lot of sort of a lot of cheating going on where it's like they're surrounded, there's no way they're gonna survive. Cut back later, oh there's less zombies now. Well, okay. We could have more deaths. Like it would not total it's not inconceivable that jamie died and we just didn't see it yeah i think Brienne, that would be fun you know it was another example of somebody oh, yeah, who was Brienne. out there and and tormund like those the, the, they were just you know the fighters i i would have not been surprised at all if we saw them die but i guess they have other plans for them to fight uh, another day but yeah you know, brian so one of the problems i have with what you said about the tension of you've got to watch because this could be the end is it does feel you know it, it is it's it, not going to be the end. It's a tension. They killed Ned, but it's a tension that, a that comes ago. from knowing that the story is nearing the end. Um, but it doesn't. I'm not sure. I felt the tension in the scenes as much as it was just the the voice in the back of my head saying, "Oh, they could kill characters this week." And I think in the end, I was. I'm not let down that ca- more characters didn't die, but it, I, I it does feel kind of the the safest this episode could have gone where nobody really of consequence died a lot of killable characters died um and characters that had reached the end of their story and so uh in the end i i get what you're saying about like anybody could die tonight we really have to pay attention i'm worried about all of these people who are putting in danger and they know that and they they're trying to get tension out of that but in the end they they didn't they none of them did I'm sure I will be as bored as Monty when I rewatch this, if I ever rewatch this, because I'll know what happens at the end. And maybe in that moment, to me, the tension won't be as palpable. Maybe if I watch on a cardboard box, too, that'll happen. But, you know, then that's neither here. Um, That's all I've got for my alphabet soup, guys. Anything else that you want to mention that is in this episode? Um i've got a couple of things i did want to say that for me the line what do we say to the god of death not today is one of my favorite lines in the series and i did not feel that it had a lot of emotional weight when they did a callback to it in this episode oh i see it worked for me because i also love that line and i love that it's that that reminder of uh that that melisandre like we met before and i told you you would you know be good at killing things and, and, yeah, but and she said she said that explicitly yeah i mean yeah but like I, that doesn't yeah but i i kind of enjoyed that but i really enjoyed the callback to just what what do we say to death not today in that moment of like this is what you trained for you learned that lesson uh, apply it here and that that made me smile because i because i love that line so it did work on me I, for I me, say. for me, that line really meant something, and it was Sirio yeah. saying that, and he's about to go fight for his life. Mm-hmm. And now that I think about it, Melisandre just went off and committed suicide a couple hours after saying that. Yeah. So, what are you even talking about, <laughs> but, lady? But you know, Arya, yeah, she well, she already said that it was the end for her, but but Arya ends up getting you know, it's a little bit of a pep talk maybe, and she saves the day. So I'm somewhere in the middle between how I felt about that line. I thought it was fine but aria also got another witty callback earlier with sticking with the pointy end so yeah i was already on the like aria snark train well i like aria well yeah i i, I wonder if somebody's gonna go grab that necklace that melisandre dropped because that's that thing looked useful yeah maybe so Ooh. maybe so unless it like just kind of turns to dust it's not clear how far she walked because she was surrounded by corpses and then we cut back to <laughs> the people watching and then we cut back to her and she's out in the middle of a flat white field. I also want to give a shout out to we we talked about it a little bit I want to give a, sh- a like special sp- shout out to the zombie movie scene which I freaking loved. The White Walkers are scary and terrifying and like on paper and in all these different ways but I feel like we never got as scary a White Walker scene as we did when Arya's sneaking around completely silent. Sometimes a White Walker will pop up. Sometimes it won't. You don't know. I was wholeheartedly expecting a Conjuring-style jump scare. And we got a little bit of that, but I really had a blast watching that scene. We got that one that jumped out in front of her, but she immediately stabs it in the chin and kills it, which is less scary. She pushed the uh, square button to uh, stealth strangle very fast. Yeah. Yep. Anything else? Uh, now that Arya has killed the Night King, I'm worried that she's run out of story yeah. and she will die in the next big action scene. 
yeah, I worry about that too. Um, although she's a great, she's a great weapon to have, right? Like she's got her faceless man talents. I sometimes wonder if that's what the uh, the final way that they get rid of Cersei is is that she uh, she looks like someone else and then reveals that it's her and and kills Cersei. Maybe. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think Arya got experience for all those zombies that died? I think she's leveled up. Um, she levels up from killing the Night King, but also there's a whole lot of minions yeah. and an ice dragon that I think she should get points for. I agree. I think she's going to move up uh, rapidly in her uh, abilities and uh, and her levels, and she may need to take on a a fighting a new uh, a new feat. Is that D and D talk? Anyway, sure. Yeah, <laughs> people in D and D have feet. That's where the boots go. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else? Uh, how yes. meta do we want to get with our discussion? Because I have something to say about uh, the season as a whole. Okay. We're only halfway through. What do you got? Uh, well, whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer, etc. Mm. Um, yeah. I... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's been vetoed. Uh, bon Jovi struck from the uh, Struck from, from the, the record. Yep. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to tell the jury to disregard. Uh, so I <laughs> Edit am it out so, if you're such a big man. I am so grateful that this plot line is completely wrapped up three episodes in uh i feel like i'm all in the back of my mind watching this season i'm always thinking about how many episodes are left and what they're going to get done with this episode i think a lot of us were expecting this is the winterfell battle they'll win they'll lose whatever and then they'll go to king's landing for the ultimate ultimate battle in episode five or six turns out everything's fine now and winterfell is where it all ended and we have three episodes left to resolve cersei and king's landing and everything else and i am so grateful for that i have no idea what's going to happen and you know compared to some other properties that may uh, may exist i feel like there's there's a real sense of things are going to happen next and you can tell this is the end and I'm so excited for what comes next because I have no freaking idea. This whole plot line is wrapped up with a nice little bow on it, sent off on its way. What's going to happen next? Everything that I thought was going to happen in the fifth or sixth episode is now gone, done, resolved. What's going to happen? I, th- this is what makes me so excited about this uh, this season. I hope they have the sense to send some people north and try to figure out how to rebuild the wall. Because just because the Night King's gone and they're still grumpkins or whatever yeah and giants yeah half giants like the, the wall serves a purpose even when it's not a horde of zombies and there is a giant hole in it right now Mm-hmm. so i would recommend sending a few people north to try to fix that while they also go south and consider maybe this time daenerys uses her dragon to just wipe cersei off the face of the earth or wherever they are <laughs> Yeah, I I um am concerned that the pacing of this season is is it feels weird to me and um I get it like we have there's a lot more to go through because presumably there is going to be a clash between the Lannisters and the Golden Company and whoever else is left but there's also political machinations going on and I think Uh, I think that's okay. Like, that is what the show is. But I feel like... I feel a letdown here because I always felt like the the real message of the show was that um, people need to stop fighting with each other and need to unite um, to stop the forces of evil. And... Now that is over. Now that is over. Right. And so now there's just go resume your squabbling, right? And that's not it. It's this sort of quest to to for Daenerys and her followers to make her the 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 rightful queen of Westeros and have her reforms or whatever and also kill Cersei Lannister, please. But um I don't know. It's it it is a weird feeling for me because I felt like this was for me the core thing was you know, you gotta stop the zombies. And it, it feels almost too abrupt, like I said earlier, because it is just, you know, kill the one guy and then that solves the problem forever. Um, is it that simple? Is what Bran is going off and doing with his ravens and stuff, is it maybe more complicated? Is there, do they need to rebuild the wall? Is this a, a thing that will happen again? Um, I don't know. But that, that I just feel a sense of loss of that aspect of the story that made it more than just a bunch of people squabbling over power in the human world. 
Yeah. Um, I'm very curious. The thing I care most about right now, what are John and Daenerys going to do? Because John the whole time has been like, I don't need to take the throne. I don't care. I just want to deal with this threat. Oh, the threat's over now. Does he love Daenerys? Are they, uh, what, what happens now? Yeah, especially Are they going to start telling more people about who he really is? Especially since they know, now know, and there's the question of, like, is he trying to challenge her? There's some internal struggle as well as the external struggle. Do they do they kick it down, the can down the road again until they kill uh, the Lannisters? Uh, do they come up with some sort of way? There's there's a lot, a lot there. I just It's just weird to me to get to the end of the Night King story and go, like, well, what's Game of Thrones now that the Night King has been defeated? And the answer is, it's a show that's only going to be on for three more episodes. That's what it is. So. Well, maybe they go crazy and, like finish everything by the penultimate episode then the last episode is 200 years in the future like in babylon 5 do something like that yeah sort of well let's do that yeah well we've got three more three more to go and monty i apologize for making you take another hour out of your life to talk about this episode that you hated Uh, i knew it was coming yeah yep 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 i apologize for being so negative yeah well you know uh it it i say this a lot in all of the podcasts that we do which is some aspect of entertainment is that uh you have to be under the spell and if the spell is broken for any reason including not being able to see what you're trying to see uh once the spell is broken like it's over and it it, and then you notice every imperfection (laughs) that exists Mm -hmm. and i you know (laughs) it happens it happens to uh to all of us so it happened for sure um yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully, Monty will uh, be uh, over his disgust, and and we'll have Monty back next week too. You, you we'll you have going, a nice, bright Kings Landing. You're going to grind episode. it, grind it to the end, Monty. <laughs> I feel like I have to at this point, but honestly, you got a week to think. Of, I was about close it. to turning this episode off mm-hmm. 22 minutes in. You got it. You you you. you <laughs> that, that's what people do who read the recaps, which you used to write. <laughs> So, yeah. uh, well, you got a week to think about it and some combination of us will be back next week to talk about whatever that episode is titled. Cause they're not telling us the episode titles until after the episode airs. That's fun. Isn't it? Mm. I don't know Frantic why they're doing Googling that. in Slack. I don't before, like it. Uh, I don't like <laughs> it before we record <laughs> spoilers of a title. Hmm. Okay. Um, anyway, thanks to those out there who listened. Thank you to Monty and Brian. And, uh, we will be back next week. Some combination of us for, Uh, episode four as we cross into the second half of the final season of game of thrones i don't think it's 90 minutes long so that's good and uh, until then goodbye